Well, here we are in Western Supermare. Very beautiful seaside town. Been here for a couple of hours now, giving out tracks, trying to speak to people about everlasting issues. And on our way in, we noticed a huge Halloween banner, somewhat graphic, making light of the pagan holiday of Halloween, which is just a couple of weeks away from now. And it's somewhat bizarre that some people, they find Halloween somewhat of a joke. They don't seem to mind pictures of fire, pictures of evil, pictures of suffering. It's like part and parcel. And yet when you get a banner up and you get some verses and you hear a preacher like myself speaking about a real place called hell, some people get very upset. Some people get convicted. Some people make quite a commotion. Of course, Halloween is just a pagan feast day, like I say. It's big business. People that are behind it make a lot of money. And unfortunately, most people in this country either participate in it or see nothing wrong with it. The Bible has no interest in such an event, such an occasion. The Bible speaks about a place called heaven and a place called hell. From Colossians chapter 2, the Word of God says this, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made us show them openly, triumphing over them in it. So allow me to say this if I may, if you want to enjoy some kind of an experience, and perhaps you find Halloween somewhat dull, somewhat bland, perhaps some of you people haven't got a lot of money. Perhaps some of you people can see through the phonyism, the fake aspect of Halloween. How about receiving Christ? How about thinking about what I just said to you? The Bible speaks about being born again. It's a supernatural act. You can't be born again yourself. When you came into the world the first time, you didn't bring yourself into the world. Your parents brought you into the world. You were completely dependent upon your parents to, uh, to cause you to be uh, conceived, to bring you into the world. The same is true of the new birth. You can't save yourself. You might say, why do I need to be saved? Well, because we've all sinned. We've all sinned. And we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Some people, they know what I'm speaking about, and for others, they don't. The Bible says how the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. It's a heart problem, you see. But your head knows 
Your head knows that something is real. Your head knows that there is substance. But you choose to suppress it. You choose to ignore it. We go back to my earlier comments concerning Halloween. It seems inconsistent to me. It makes no sense to me that people allow their children to be terrified with images of burning, with images of suffering, with images of freakish and ghoulish subjects, creatures. No problem whatsoever. And yet the moment you hear a preacher read the Bible, or the moment you see a banner like ours, people start to have a breakdown. Beware lest any man spoil you to philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Many people, many people are deceived, and because many people are deceived, their children are also deceived. On top of Halloween being somewhat of a joke, it's also a very lucrative industry. A lot of families like to get together, spend a lot of money buying their costumes, their outfits, giving their children treats and tricks to do what they do. And unfortunately, they pass one bad custom to another. But the Bible warns you not to allow any man to spoil you. It's a very strong word to be spoiled. You become spoiled very easily. You can, you can become spoiled in a physical way and also in a spiritual way. The Bible also tells us very clearly that for in him, that's Jesus Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. If you were to see Jesus Christ, you saw Almighty God, you saw the everlasting God, the triune God. And that's why Jesus Christ is so despised. Most people couldn't care less about a false religion, a made-up religion. But when you speak about Jesus Christ, people listen. People's ears prick up. People can respond in two ways. They can get very upset, very angry. Some people try to ignore it, but their conscience has been awakened. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. In him also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So like I was saying, for those of us which are Bible believers, we see what goes on all around us, and we have to, on the one hand, allow such to take place. This is a free country after all, we have freedom of religion. We're not so thin-skinned. We know that for some people, the slightest remark, the slightest look, the slightest suggestion of disdain causes people to have a meltdown. We're not as thin-skinned as that. But we are offended. We are offended by Halloween. We are offended at the occult. We are offended at what goes with such a secular pagan feast. And yet at the same time, we are broad-minded. We speak about it, we speak against it, we like to raise our concerns. And we do so because we love our fellow man. The Bible says to preach the gospel to every creature. The Bible says to be ready in season and out of season. Buried with him in baptism. Not a literal baptism, but a spiritual baptism. Wherein also you are risen with him to the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. It's a supernatural act. I'm not getting near this. Most religions can't guarantee their members complete forgiveness of sins. 
most religions would like to pretend that they are right with God or their God or gods, but they can't guarantee it. They don't know for sure. But when the Bible is written, absolute assurance, no ambiguity, risen with Christ, baptized with Christ, raised with Christ. That's good news. I'll tell you something else, it doesn't cost you anything. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having sport principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Demons, devils, unclean spirits, goblins, freakish, ghoulish creatures, going back to my comments on Halloween, if you think of something which is wicked, if you think of something which is evil, you know perfectly well what the scripture is speaking about. Almighty God has one simple purpose. Number one, to glorify himself. Number two, to redeem his creation. His creation wasn't created to be condemned. His creation was created to worship him, to honor him, to glorify him. But of course, we have lost that. We've lost that pretty much since the creation of man. That's what the Bible says, how Christ came in a search and rescue mission. If you have spent the time ever looking at the scripture, and I mean reading it very carefully, you see within five seconds how remarkable Jesus Christ was. Did miracles, he allowed people to attack him, he allowed people to offend him, he allowed people to trip him up, deceive him, and even betray him. His final words on the cross would be, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Could you say that if somebody betrayed you? Could you say that if somebody deceived you? Could you say that if somebody had wronged you? I mean like a close friend, about a family member. It says uh, in the Gospel of Mark that the Lord's extended family initially didn't believe on him. They thought he'd lost his mind. He didn't consume them. He was incredibly patient. And I believe by the time of his death, burial and resurrection, all was good. And I hope, I'd like to believe that a good number of his family went on to be saved. So Jesus Christ goes to the cross, foretold many times back in the Old Testament. I mean like 68 times. He conquers death. He goes into the ground. He destroys the power of the devil has over the world. And today the devil is still very busy. Not only is he very busy, not only has he been able to deceive the minds of just about everybody, but many people are quite happy to be deceived. Many people are quite happy to believe a lie. And of course the greatest lie that the devil has been able to create is to get people to not believe in them. People would, not, uh, people would much rather spend their time celebrating Halloween and other odious and pernicious feast days which the Lord has no interest in. So you are warned to beware. You are warned to be on your guard. You are told that once your mind has been deceived, once you fall into deception, it's almost impossible to escape it. And yet, and here's the good news, if you were to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ today in Western Supermare, 
and say, Lord, I want to be saved, or you were to receive the Lord Jesus Christ today in Western Supermare, or you were to call on the name of the Lord today in Western Supermare, He will save you. He won't charge you anything. But for so many people, it isn't something which they either want to hear about or are even aware of. Because many churches have done a great disservice. Many churches, I'm ashamed to say, celebrate Halloween and other demonic feast days. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, that was against us. That's your guilty account. Like lying, like stealing, like blasphemy, like dishonouring your parents, like worshipping false gods. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, that was against us, which was contrary to us. But took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, like it is finished. And having spoiled principalities and powers, demons and devils, like I say, he made a show of them openly. He would mock them. He would say, I have been successful. You will no longer have any power over the world. And on top of that, I've been able to conquer you and redeem my church. Openly, spoiled principalities, powers, triumphing over them in it. Well, wonderful news. So please, listen to what you've heard today. I appreciate for some of you, you're on holiday, and perhaps you don't want to spend too much time listening to a street preacher. But it's like this, if somebody has done something wonderful for you, I would like to think you would take the time to share it with other people. I know that for many of you, you'll be getting ready for Halloween very soon. Many of you will be very excited about it. And it's good to get a balance. It's good to say that there is an opposite view to this, that the scripture has spoken against this. The Bible says he hates all workers of iniquity. Now the Bible says how he's angry with the wicked every day. And at the same time it says that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We have free DVDs to give to anybody that would like some. We have free Bibles and we have many gospel tracks. We would like to think when we leave Western Supermare in the next little while that we've made an impact. We've given out a good number of gospel tracts since we've been here. Our banner has been seen by many people. We never assume that a town or a city or a village is necessarily in the light. We have to assume a negative. We have to assume that such places are in darkness. Hence why the Lord Jesus Christ would tell his apostles to go to the whole world and preach the gospel, which means to raise up your voice. And that's why I'm using a megaphone, so you can all hear me. Turn to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on him. Receive him. Take his gift right now, with both hands if you can. Don't put off tomorrow what you must do today. May the Lord Jesus Christ be glorified in his name. Amen and amen. Britain is very much in need of light. We know that we are living in a generation now which has either rejected the Lord Jesus Christ or has been deceived into not believing that the Lord Jesus Christ is even real. And because of that, people are continuing to decline more and more each and every day. The Bible said this would happen. The Bible said when the Son of Man returned, would there be much faith on the earth? And the answer, of course, was no. 
And yet, even saying all of that, God is very gracious. God wants to save people. He saved me 15 years ago. He has saved out of a group over many years, and that's why we are here today. We are here today to get the gospel out. We are here to shine a bright light in a very dark place. And we know that for some people, this isn't something they want to be associated with. For many people, they are quite happy to remain in sin, remain in darkness. I was in darkness until I heard the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ some 15 years ago. My life was forever changed. I don't really understand why some people that offer themselves as being saved, Bible believers, keep this wonderful news to themselves. The wonderful news is this, that did anybody at any time turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, they will be saved. The Bible says that mankind knows that God is God. And yet, unfortunately, mankind has chosen to bury the knowledge of Almighty God. Mankind has decided to pretend that there is no God. And mankind continues to live in his own little bubble. We hope and pray that over the last several days, many people have been offered the chance to be saved, have been told about everlasting life, are no longer able to say that they didn't know. When we leave this seaside town very shortly, we know that we've been able to accomplish something very simple in a relatively short period of time. The Bible says, Behold now is the appointed time, behold now is the day of salvation. If you think about a typical hospital, it's filled with sick people and they have many different types of ailments and they go to hospital and some people spend a lot of time in hospital and doctors and nurses wait on them because they are sick. But the same is true of the world. The world has a sin problem. It's a sickness problem. And the church referred to or has been used to uh, describe the equivalent to being a hospital. And people going to hospitals should be made well. That's what Jesus Christ would do. He's a great physician. It's his good purpose to make you well, to make you alive, to transform you, to regenerate you. And like I was saying, I've been saved for 15 years. And by the grace of God, I am saved. Saved in spite of myself, not because of myself. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's a free gift. Take it, grab it, run to the Saviour. Don't turn it down. Don't continue to live like there is no tomorrow. Far too many people are dying every day in their sins and going to an awful place called hell where there's weeping, wailing and gnashing of teeth. We're not here for our health. We're not here for the fun of it. We are here to warn people with fear and uh, trepidation. That time is very precious. And like I say, if you want some free DVDs or if you'd like some free Bibles or some gospel tracts, please come over and speak to us. We'll be here a little longer.